If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. You want to leverage yourself into a position of value, but maybe as your values are changing, your values are evolving. You have to be able to take yourself out of those roles because that's not what's giving you your value, your purpose, your feeling of worth anymore. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. I love sharing podcast recommendations with you. If you love Gold Digger, then you'll love Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew. Learn the science behind great marketing with bite-sized 20-minute episodes packed with practical advice from world-class marketers and behavioral scientists. Nudge is fast-paced and insightful with real-world examples that you can apply to your business. I loved this recent episode where Phil shares how our subconscious mind calls the shots and how to bring more awareness to your thoughts to help you not make stupid mistakes. His words, not mine. Nudge is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. You know, what's hilarious is we're going to kick this off to let everyone know that technical (laughs) errors happen to everyone. We have literally tried to record this introduction four times. This is going to be the best one. We've saved the best one for this show, but technology has been against us. So Brooklyn Wagner, welcome back to the Gold Digger podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. You know, I'm really happy to have you here and I'm super excited. So usually once a month, I sit down with my podcast producer, Kylie, and she grills me on a topic. But Miss Kylie is busy snuggling her sweet little baby, Clara, who has the most luscious head of hair. And I asked Brooklyn to come on. Now, Brooklyn might be snuggling her cat. However, she is free to step (laughs) up to the mic. So Brooklyn, I'm glad you're here. Oh, I'm I thankfully I'm not cuddling my cat right now. She would. She's a spotlight stealer. Honestly, (laughs) she'd just scream the whole time. So (laughs) not today. I love that. So Brooklyn is an incredible, incredible member of my team has been with me for four whole years. And she is the keeper and the writer of all the words inside of the brand. And so we were just teasing that she's really good at writing words, but she's also good at speaking words. Oh, yeah. Talking was my first language, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, So today's topic is actually one I'm very excited about because I don't know if you're like me, but around this time each year, as we inch closer to the new year, I feel this simultaneous like pull and tug of like, who do I want to become in the next year? And what do I want to accomplish? And what do I need to wrap up in order to make this year great? And who am I going to turn into? And it's this beautiful, beautiful pressure that we sometimes put on ourselves or the world puts on us or the changing calendars bring to us 
of wanting to move in a new direction. However, today's topic is like how to leverage where you're at to get to where you want to go instead of abandoning all the things that have gotten you here. So Brooklyn, do you have any thoughts before we dive in just like why this topic is so important? Because I feel like this time of year often causes that like uncomfortable friction of trying to find the contentment while also having that like drive and desire. Oh, yeah. I think it's it's really natural for us to want like a hard line in the sand to know where we're at and so that we can say, okay, fresh start. Like who doesn't love a fresh start? I need them all the time. I Every Monday is a fresh start for me. Mm-hmm. Every Friday is a fresh start. I'm like, oh my gosh, fresh weekend. And I think heading into a new year is a big deal, even though it's just another day. But I think that that's something that naturally stirs up in our chest that we want. We want to check in with ourselves and we want to, we want to be able to do it the right way. We want to know that we're listening to the right voice. We want to know that we're headed towards the quote unquote right future. We want to know that we're on the right path. I think that's a really normal human thing. And we all approach that with different degrees of responsibility and different degrees of availability to be creative and all that. But I think it's important to come to this conversation because putting it plainly, it's sort of like, you know, when you know, Mm -hmm. but beyond that, it's hard to know what to do with that feeling of, I know I want change or I'm ready to sort of just like throw in the towel and start all over and like grenade respawn. But also I'm afraid. I'm afraid of like doing it, doing it wrong or doing it too fast or not doing it fast enough. And we have advice coming at us from a thousand different directions. We have our own fears because of our own experiences of how things went wrong or how they, how they went right. And we're like, how do I replicate that? How do I get that? back? How do I get back that creativity I had 10 years ago? How do I get back that feeling of freedom I had five years ago? How do I, I can visualize myself in 10, 15, 20 years. How do I get there without, you know, time is ticking. How do I get there slowly now? Or how do I just get there tomorrow already? (laughs) So I think it's, you mentioned dreaming and manifesting. And I think those are, we know what those are in a technical way, but it's hard to then sit in our real life right here in our own pair of pants and be like, but what do I do now? Like what happens now? Do I go and sit and think about it for 20 minutes? Do I (laughs) hire somebody? Do I just walk in and put my two weeks in on the job that I don't love? Like, how do we do it? And I, you know, you are someone that has lived these amazingly different chapters of life, which is so prevalent and being able to feel that and read that in the book is like, wow, you can kind of condense so many different lifetimes into these pages, but being able to live in that and like step into that mindset with you, I think is important because you're someone who's been able to not just throw in the towel, but sit in the discomfort or excitement or anticipation or readiness, all of the above and still leverage where you are to get to that place where you want to go because you are goal-driven. You are, you're able to see, even if it's a little foggy, like the place you want to be and start going there. So coming into that mindset, having someone like you, I mean, we're in our early thirties together Mm -hmm. and like, how do we have someone, you know, with the, the vision that you have and the natural desire to say, okay, what's next? You're not afraid of asking that question to yourself. What's next? You're not yep. like, I'm comfy now. Let's stay here. You want to know what's coming. You want to, you want something to come. You're excited about turning the page and being like, okay, more story, more plot. I'm excited. And for people, whether they're excited, whether they're afraid, I think it's still the truth of it all. We come down to the fact that we're all going to evolve. We are all going to have to turn the page and step into the next chapter, whether that's a big, big, big one or a new year with a new mindset. So what does that look like for you when you think back to times in your life where you're like almost like riding two horses at once? Like, whoa, yeah. am I about to, when did you know when to, to to make the change, take the leap or, you know, take it slowly and yeah. take that transition step by step? What did that look like for you? You know, what's funny is that I feel like I've never fully like talked about this on the podcast and I've mentioned it briefly in passing, 
But when I was kind of looking at like my whole life and like the timeline of my career and my business and the different pivots and the different projects, like something that a lot of people don't know is that I have like never just up and quit anything. Like when I was in high school, I cleaned limousines. I worked at a pro shop and I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch, baby. And, uh, <laughs> and I worked at all these different jobs and I like never quit anything. I always like left by default of like, I'm going to college now, I got to go. And when I think about even the big transitions of like Target into becoming a photographer, I worked mm-hmm. both of them for an entire year. When I wrote the book, I kept the business the exact same and wrote the book. And I was thinking about this theme in my life because I am, I don't like a lot of risk. Like I, yeah, you know, I don't know if it's being from the Midwest or just craving like security and stability, but like, I am not someone who like believes that quote, like jump in the net will appear. I'm like, let me just like weave right. the net piece by piece <laughs> until the net is fully ready to catch me. And I feel like that's how I've moved through And I was studying recently, just like kind of about this whole great resignation and women in the workforce and all of these different statistics, because I was just really curious as to like, what is actually happening? And like, why do I think this is happening? And I think there are a lot of really cool things happening with that, where like women are just realizing like this system is not built for women, especially women who have a desire to have children and that whole lie of like, you can do both and you can do them well. And all these things, it's amazing. But the infrastructure of how our whole system is built is not created to support that notion. And so Mm -hmm. when I think about like the great resignation, it gives me anxiety in the sense of like, I feel like a lot of women are abandoning what has gotten them to one point because they are living in that friction of like knowing I want to go somewhere else. I want to do something else yet. Mm -hmm. They're not understanding like there's sometimes, and this isn't, you know, a point blank, like for everyone, this works, but there sometimes can be so much power in leveraging where you are and what has gotten you to where you are today into where you want to go. And maybe Brooklyn, should we talk about like, cause you and I were on the phone last week, we were chit-chatting and we were talking about yeah. like how important safety and security is, especially for creative yes. people. And I think like so many people listening to this show are so creative. Talk to me about that for like a minute and then let's dive deeper into that yeah. because I think this is a huge part of the equation that I've been thinking a lot about. Oh yeah. Well, the cool part is you and I and so many of the listeners right now are about to relate so hard to each other when I say it is so hard to be creative and energized and know what the right jobs are, the right opportunities to take without that feeling of safety and security first, because we can approach these questions differently as neurodivergent people (laughs) with varying degrees of neurodivergence with ADD or ADHD or whatever you're, you know, you're bringing to the table with yourself. So a lot of us need a different qualifier when it comes to feeling safe or feeling safe to be creative, feeling, feeling open and free to make the right choice to just wake up sometimes. And when you lose that feeling of stability or safety, even if it's not fully gone. And it just feels like "Mm, that is coming. And I still expect myself to work, to show up, to rise to the occasion, but it's hard. It's hard to expect ourselves to hustle out of a place of fear, to create out of a place of fear, to envision, to like be our own life visionaries and like think the future is beautiful when we're afraid right now, all we have is the present. So when we're creating out of a place of fear, or we're trying to, it's hard. It's hard to keep going. And so when we want to make a big change in our life and we feel like just, okay, it's time, just hard cut, let's draw a line. When we're abandoning what doesn't feel like it is perfectly aligned with who we are, we're also stepping out of that place of security and then expecting ourselves to just do the dang thing, you know, like rise to the occasion, grind, like, okay, maybe that's what we need. Quit our job, go home. Oh my gosh. Like get on the keyboard and apply to the 40 dream jobs and like do it. It can be hard because what we're bringing with us then isn't just this challenge for a lot of us. We've lost that feeling of, I need to worry now. 
I actually yeah. need to worry. The yeah. time I would have spent building and creating and dreaming and scheming and talking with people and collaborating, I'm actually going to stress out. I'm going to worry. I'm going to make fear choices. And I know that because I've experienced it. So mm-hmm. it's hard. It's so hard because we're bringing that fear in with us into everything that we were hoping to do. Yep. And fear has a really, really gritty, abrasive edge to it. And we know it. We know when we feel it. So that's where my mind goes, where I'm thinking, okay, when I'm making a big change or a big choice, I first need, the first thing I have to do is at least address that question. Like, how afraid am I right now? How stressed am I right now? How, how worried am I right now? And how do I, how do I negotiate with myself a little bit to keep a lot of that off the table? So I have room for more. Does that make sense? Like, yes. So much, you know, you and I were talking about this too, because it's like, we are so creative, but again, if like fear is taking up all of the space where creativity should be living and growing, it's so hard. And one thing why I think this is so important specifically for like entrepreneurs is that when we are so quick to abandon what is currently working for us, granted, we're assuming and hoping that there is something that is working for you right now. When we abandon that, we make decisions based on scarcity, right? So we probably take jobs that are not the right fit. We take any dollar coming at us. I think back to even my early days as a photographer and I started shooting things. Like I remember literally somebody paid me to take pictures of their cat and I love you and I love your cat. However, I'm not a huge cat person. (laughs) And I remember thinking I will never do this again. And I was able to make that decision because mm-hmm. I had the stability and security of target at the time. Right. Yeah, And so yep. like, when I think about my business and something that maybe people forget, I've never once gone in debt. I've never gotten funding from anyone, family member, spouse, no one. And I've also just meticulously like reinvested into my business. And I was only able to do that because I was leveraging where I was. And one Mm -hmm. thing to note here that I think is so powerful as a part of this discussion is that somebody might be listening and thinking like, I cannot possibly add on another thing, right? Like it's intimidating to be like, so you want me to do the thing and then add on the other thing. And where (laughs) I think we should take this conversation next is this idea of boundaries and bandwidth. And so Mm -hmm. when I was working at Target, I was working 50 hours a week. I was working every other weekend. I was working one night a week. It was a lot. And so like I had this revolving schedule. And so one thing that I had to figure out was like, how do I say no to anything extra? And there's a story in my book that you know about like where my boss was like, here's your five-year plan. And it included promotions Mm -hmm. and those promotions included more work. And I remember thinking like, I don't want more. I need to like define enough in terms of like getting by right now. And doing that and doing that at so many different stages in my business as an entrepreneur of saying, okay, I know I could do more, or I know I could earn more. I know I could launch more, but that's not taking me to where I want to go. What is my enough point? There's a whole chapter in the book about this is an important piece for people that are listening to this. And they're like, I can't add another thing. It's like, yeah, you're not expected to carry the emotional and mental and physical load of adding more, but where can you maybe take things off of your plate? Where can you maybe eliminate to give you that free space? And maybe it's cutting down to part-time and leveraging a part-time job. Maybe it's shifting. But I think the point of this is like, we are so fast to abandon things that could serve as teachers, that could serve as transition points, that could serve as pivoting places, that could serve as life's lessons or growth. We are so quick to abandon those things when I believe that a lot of times they can almost become the launch pad for us. Oh, big time, big time. There have been a ton of moments that are coming up in my mind right now where I realized it wasn't just that my whole life is one cup of things that are stressing me out. I kind of had to pour them out into all these sort of smaller cups of things that weren't 
aren't actually connected and I could start to see them as different things. Like my, my, you know, my day job could be different than the things that fill up my evenings on my calendar that I just felt like I was having to say yes to. I think one of the interesting and like really funny transitions that happened to me was when I realized I was like too old to babysit (laughs) and I was starting to, I was wanting to put more time and energy into my career, but I was like everyone's babysitter. And that's like an early twenties, transition time where I was like, I can't do that for people. And also kind of dig more into these creative skill sets I have because I'm, I can't do that while I'm, you know, playing, putting puzzles together. And then, then later in life, that memory came back to me when I realized I wanted to transition into a bigger career that gave me more time to not just zoom, you know, back and forth to like my various jobs. And I think a lot of people, are juggling multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. It's not just the one job that you're like, oh, I don't like this. I'm going to change. It's the multiple jobs to make to make the whole life work together. So part of that mental exercise for me that came up was kind of taking out what feels like a whole life, a whole you know cup of stress, like my whole life is stressful and pouring it out into smaller cups so you can at least see what may be taking your stress. And maybe that is the job. Maybe it's one of the jobs. But like you said, maybe it's not just that. Maybe it's parts of our life that aren't quite right for us that we can take off the table, you know, out of the equation that give us more time to breathe and think maybe at work. And I know this is going to be so common for someone listening right now, everyone listening. We wear a lot of hats at our jobs. We wear a lot of hats. We say yes to a whole lot, maybe a whole lot of things that we don't need to say yes to. And so in some cases, I know that talking to a lot of my friends, a lot of my entrepreneurial friends, a lot of the people that I know are building their own businesses, it can be easy to say yes, 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 yes to everything because you want to leverage yourself into a position of value. But maybe as your values are changing, your values are evolving, you have to be able to take yourself out of those roles because that's not what's giving you your value, your purpose, your feeling of worth anymore. And you can say things that work like, you know, I, I love doing this part of my job, but these parts of my job really take away from that. So I'm going to step away from those areas. And then it gives you more time to come home, honestly, at the end of the day and have a little bit more of that energy in your cup to be like, wow, I'm excited about what's next. I'm not just like, whoop, time for bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know something about you. You're busy. Chances are that you're listening to this podcast and you're probably doing something else too. Mastering the art of working out, walking the baby in the stroller, washing that sink full of dishes. And honestly, we get it. When you're having conversations with your customers, the same is probably true for them. They're juggling just as much. And it can be hard to give a true experience in just a moment, especially when we're all so distracted. HubSpot helps you go beyond the moment by connecting you and your team so you can access all the data you need to see the full customer picture, what motivates them, what their expectations are, and how you can blow them out of the water with your service. With powerful tools that connect marketing, sales, ops, and service, HubSpot's powerful CRM platform powers you and your team to transform customer moments into extraordinary customer experiences. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. 
Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth. LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a hundred dollar credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really interesting too. I, I love this because a lot of times when we like live in that state of stress, we don't really ask ourselves like, what is the root of this? And yeah. where is it coming from? And I think that guides us into a next part of this conversation in terms of mm-hmm. like the whole hustle and the woo and the work and like, where do they all come together? Especially yeah. as we get into this like goal setting season and like this visionary season, like I love all of those things. And I think it's really interesting because I think that there are seasons of hustle. Like if you are looking at this next year and you're like, I want to get the business off the ground so I can put in the two weeks notice. Like I know that that is something I want, or I want this side hustle to become substantial or to help contribute to our grocery bill or whatever that is. But one thing that I think differentiates what I believe from maybe other people that teach, you know, how to achieve your dreams is that I think this, the hustle has to have a finish line. And I think that there has to be this understanding of like this hustle is for a season, not forever. And this is when I, you know, take my hat off and go to bed and say like, well done, like you did such a good job. And I think that what's so interesting is like when we live with that feeling of like, I'm not where I want to go. I know where I want to be. There is this requirement of like, you got to like step up to the starting line, right? You can't just disqualify yourself before you even begin. Because I think a lot of us do that. We have these grandiose visions and we're like, and I failed every other time I've tried. Why is this time going to be any different? And so we have to be willing to do the work and it doesn't have to be in a hustle way. It can be done slowly. It can be done with progress that no one cheers for. It can be done behind the scenes. It can be done in the five minute window of time that you have when you sit in your garage and the house is quiet. Like it can be done in whatever windows of time you allow it to expand to. But I think that what is so important is that when I look at the times that I've effectively leveraged where I am to get to where I want to go. There was always a very clear finish line. You know, when Mm -hmm. I left Target to become the wedding photographer, I worked both for an entire year. And I said, as soon as I book enough jobs to match my salary, I am out. And that gave me that safety and security we were talking about to have that creativity that was necessary. And I also gave myself a contingency plan. So Mm -hmm. I said, and I deconstructed like that fear piece that you were talking about, Brooklyn, where I was like, okay, I'm terrified that like, this isn't going to work out. And I'm terrified that like a year from now, I'm going to be like, this did not pan out the way I thought it would. So what am I going to do if, and when that happens? And I literally wrote down an action plan. Like I probably can still find it when we move and I go through all of my totes (laughs) of things that have come with me over the years, I will probably find that contingency plan that said, I will update my resume and I will call for letters of recommendation. And I have a degree to fall back on. And I had this plan because I think a lot Mm -hmm. of times when we let fear take over or when we don't put finish lines in sight or when we disqualify ourselves from even starting, that is when we have those feelings of like, and now it's the end of the year and I made zero progress. And I think that is the worst feeling for us to live with. It's that guilt and shame that keeps us from stepping up and stepping into the Mm -hmm. life that we do want in whatever capacity that looks like. I I'm coming back to, I think, a baseline question because my gut knows that a lot of us come to those points in life really naturally where we go, something's coming, a transition Mm -hmm. is coming, whether you Mm -hmm. feel like you're an intuitive person or not. Those moments just have like a, a pang of clarity. But I think what I'm hearing you say is that We have to learn to trust ourselves, trust ourselves to create, like to do the hard thing in the moment and also know when we finish. We have to trust that that, like maybe the world wants me to keep going. Maybe no one's going to like how this looks. Maybe maybe what I'm creating is going to come out and need to change a thousand times. You know, maybe I'm on my way to a, a different 
pivoting point, you know, and not my forever job, which is there one? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but really. I think it comes to this point of trusting yourself. And I think the question then is, how do we learn to trust ourselves better? How do we learn to listen to ourselves? How do we learn to come back to ourselves and know there is no perfect timing? There's no technical way to measure our own success. You know, how do we learn and trust the journey of creating the life we want? We don't have to change our entire lives to start living into it, like you said. So what is your, like, you know, we're looking at the the trajectory of like, okay, here's the practical stuff. You've got your life, you've got your job, you've got your responsibilities. You have that, you know, 30 minutes of, of time before you go to bed where you get those big moments of clarity, like, oh my gosh, I think I know what I want to do. And I, I kind of want to go for it, but how do I do it? How do you learn to daily, you know, take moments or whatever you need to do to trust yourself better? How did you learn to do that? Yeah. I mean, that's such a good question. And I feel like it's something that is learned. Like, I feel like you have to practice it and I think you'll mm -hmm. keep practicing it. Like I always think about like yoga, how you just call it a practice for the rest of your life. No, like you never true. actually nail it. And I think that's beautiful about it because it just keeps inviting you back. And for me, it, you know, it is kind of crazy because when I think back, like even in my younger years, even in my twenties, like I would have these really deep knowings and feelings. And it's really interesting being a mom to girls as well. And like watching Coco, like become herself and have her own intuition and, and have these different feelings. And, and no, it was cute last night my parents were over my mom was reading to her and I was sitting in the rocking chair next to them. And my mom was like, do you want to read another book? Or are you ready for bed? And Coco was like, I'm ready for bed. Nana, can you go now? I love you so much. And like my mom said to her, <laughs> she said, I love the way you know yourself. And oh. I just thought that was so profound because Coco truly does know herself. Like that girl, when she got all of her Halloween candy, she grabbed uh, an orange out of it. Somebody gave an orange to <laughs> the neighbor who gave an orange <laughs> and like, she just knows what she wants and she's really clear on that. And I, I think that now that I can have this hindsight and this perspective of like how knowing yourself is so powerful, like mm -hmm. I want to create a space to encourage my children to know themselves. But what does that mean for us adults who feel like they don't trust their own voice or trust their instincts or trust yep. their knowing? I feel like it's kind of that metaphor that we give in the book and a metaphor that I literally share with so many of my friends where it's like, you are running the 5k every day. Like you are moving through life at such a fast pace. You are doing so many things. You are so busy and you are so mindlessly moving through life, trying to keep yourself from feeling the feelings that come up when you actually get yep. still with yourself. And I, and I think that when you think about what that feels like, or like how it shows up in our lives. Like I've had those nights where like you wake up at two in the morning and you've just had a brutal day and you know, you should be sleeping and you're angry that you're not sleeping. And all of a sudden you feel that ping of like, is this it? Like, is this life? Like, is this what I've worked so hard for? Is this it? And I feel like throughout my own journey, I've had those moments where I actually get honest enough to say like, Hey, this thing doesn't feel right. And maybe mm. what I'm going after is not another achievement or not another zero in a bank account or not another accolade. Maybe this thing that I'm going after is a feeling, which can be really intimidating because feelings are fleeting. And you're like, do I pursue a different feeling? But when mm -hmm. we check in on ourselves often enough, you start to see that like your feelings are guiding you and they're giving you data and information and insight that allow you to start making more clarified decisions. And for me, it's funny that, you know, the podcast is called gold digger. Cause like I could probably also name it like goal planner because yeah. I would want to take a goal and say, okay, what is one tiny step I can make? What is one action step that can move me forward? And how am I checking in to make sure that each step forward feels like I thought it would feels like the right track? Because I think for so mm. many people, especially around this time of year, we kind of, if we are really honest and do like a forensic style inventory of our lives, we're like, how did I get here? <laughs> like, mm, how did I land time. here? And so I think that it's almost like if you imagine typing in, like if I were to type in directions into my iPhone to get to where you are, 
if I'm not paying attention and I take a wrong turn, the path is going to get different. The journey is going to be longer. Mm -hmm. It's going to take me into places I didn't think I was going to. And so that's why checking in is so important. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top notch. Article's online only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Big time, big time. I think that's... One of the things I've even learned in the journey of copywriting as anyone who writes words, it can be easy to look at a big, big blank document. You know this feeling like a book doesn't start as an outline. It starts as a blank page. Even writing an outline is is terrifying because you're saying this is my plan. This is my path. And as someone who has been on a rocky journey of learning to trust herself, I completely 100% resonate with the fact that it is a practice and it is not an easy one, just like yoga. Like it can feel crunchy and painful and wrong. And you're like, is my leg supposed to go over my head? Cause it can't. (laughs) There's this feeling that when I come to a moment, a blank page of copywriting, I get so afraid. I'm thinking about the last word already. I'm already thinking about like my closing paragraph and I have to trust and I've learned this and it is the most one of the most beautiful things I've ever learned is just start typing. Sometimes I just start typing the words that are already in my head. Sometimes the things that I'm writing don't end up going anywhere, you know, going out to people. But the process of just typing gets the words out every single time, every single time. And I think the lesson in that for me and learning to trust myself and figuring out what the blend is of like, mm-hmm. how do I bring my skills into this and bring like technical, like wonderful wisdom, knowledge and experience. And then also, how do I invite in the mystery of I don't know what's coming and I'm yeah. going to keep my eyes open anyway. The beauty, I think, of trusting ourselves. And I think the thing that is so relieving is that it's going to work out. <laughs> and I that's one of the coolest things because taking away that stress of it has to work out perfectly, it doesn't. And yeah. when we slow down and we we allow ourselves, we're not slowly inching our way to perfection. We're just moving forward. We're yeah. just asking ourselves, where do you want to go next? And letting our feet take us there. And in the journey of trusting ourselves to take that step, the beauty is, and the beauty of that, what I've learned it, through the little, like, I don't know what I'm doing to, oh my gosh, I did it. Yeah. That process, the only thing, the only thing I needed under my feet to get from, I don't know what I'm doing to, oh my gosh, I did it, is trusting myself. 
I have what I need. I have the experience. I have the creativity. I have the motivation. I have the power I need, the energy I need to take myself there. I just have to trust myself to do it. And I've watched you do that. I've watched so many amazing people, amazing women do that in a world where there are a whole lot of obstacles on that path. There are a lot of reasons to say, can I do this? I don't know if I can. And the stories that come out of that continually teach me, because as you know, you'll know this, we have to relearn the same lesson like a hundred times in a hundred different ways, right? So it's easy to show up to this moment. And even though we've maybe trusted ourselves in the past, feel like we're new at it again, feel like we're brand new and like taking baby steps and feeling awkward and wobbly. But I think for anyone who's listening, who's thinking, oh man, I'm coming up on that time of transition, man, I feel like I've evolved. I've changed. I've learned something that I can't unlearn. How do I, I know I'm going to change my life because of it. Am I ready? How do I know when I'm ready? And it's that for me, I think coming back to that wonderful question of how do I learn to trust myself better today? And I think how do I check in with myself today, right now, just right now? Because then I might know to just start typing, to just start moving forward. And you've taught me about that so much, which thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and yes. to trust the evolutionary process in our own little lives yes. and the beauty that can come from that. And I think the, the last thing I want to ask you is, which this is very just for you, Jenna, as you're... I mean, we're all welcome to know, you know, the end of the year, welcome to kind of like no holds barred, like doing anything we want in the next year. What's something that you're like trusting yourself to do or be or become in the next year, whether that's a word or like a shift in yourself that's already happening? What's something that you're trusting yourself to do, be, become for the next year? Oh man, that's a great question. (laughs) After recording a podcast of, I don't know what's next for me. (laughs) You know, it's really interesting because I feel like I am in this time in my life where I agree with everything you said about that, like sense of like something is coming or that Mm -hmm. like a pivot is around the corner or a transition is coming And I feel all of that. And I think oftentimes I'm quick to like, I picture like a dog trying to uncover a bone in the backyard, like quick to just throw the dirt around and like (laughs) figure it out and figure out what's underneath. And what's been really interesting is that I've just really been trying to like kind of sit in that. And it's fascinating because in some areas of my life where I used to love structure, like I would make quarterly plans and this is how the next year is going to unfold. I've kind of wanted to let go of that. And then in other places of my life where I used to hate structure, like the day to day or meal planning or things like that, I crave that. (laughs) And so I'm very much balancing this like dichotomy of like who I am, who I was, who I want to be. And one thing that's been really just like, I don't know, surprising to me in this season is like, I feel like I sometimes, and I'm curious if any moms relate to this and this doesn't just go for us, but I, it could really go for anyone. There are days where I wake up and I'm like, I want to see how big I can make this thing. Like I want to change the world. I want to like make the biggest impact. I want to go as big as I can. I don't want to like live and wonder, like, could I have gone bigger? And then the next day I'm like, I want to live in the woods with my little family and like never open up Instagram (laughs) again. And I feel like I literally oscillate between those two things, which can be really confusing, which then brings me back to the whole principle of this conversation of like, how do I take where I am and what's already working for me and what I've already worked so hard for? Because regardless of where you are at, when you are listening to this, where you are today happened because you were dedicated and you worked hard. I don't care if you stay at home and you take care of those beautiful children, or if you are a caregiver for someone in your life, or if you work the nine to five, or if you have the corner office, or if you have the side hustle, I don't care where you find yourself, where you are today, you've worked really hard to get there. And so what I want to leave with is a few tactical pieces of like, okay, so how, how do I leverage Mm. where I'm at to get to where I want to go? The first thing that I would say is get really clear on what the vision is in terms of where you want to go. And beyond just a vision, I want for you to think about how you want that to feel, because there is nothing worse than writing down an arbitrary goal and achieving it and thinking this doesn't feel like I thought it would. I think we've had a lot of Mm. moments like that. And so 
Yep. What is the feeling that you want in this next year? And not just a feeling of when you've arrived, but a feeling for how you will go through your days. Because the problem that I have with goals is that often we are so focused on the finish line that we don't enjoy the race, right? We don't enjoy the steps that move us there. And so something that I've been doing as I've just been more in this introspective place of transition in my own life is like, not just what is a goal, but how do I want to feel in the process of accomplishing that goal? How do I want each day or each step forward to feel? And I think that's really powerful. The second thing is, is take an inventory in your life of the things that are working for you. Is it the job? Is it the babysitting on the side? Is it the side hustle? What is providing you safety and security right now? And if you do not have those two things, how can you work towards securing them? What does that look like? Because I truly believe, and I echo what you said, Brooklyn, that in order to be the highly creative and ambitious and excited and vibrant humans that we were made to be, we have to have safety and security first to unlock that. And so what is already working for you from a standpoint of safety and security and how can you leverage that? For example, leveraging the different jobs that I've had in order to help fund the dreams or at least provide the space for creativity. Guys, I was still shooting weddings four years ago when I had a multi-million dollar company and I was getting paid you know, thousands of dollars to shoot a wedding. I was still doing that because at the time it provided the safety and security that I required to not face fear every single day of like, how are the bills going to get paid? How is the mortgage going to get paid? And so take an inventory of where the safety and security is coming from in your life And if you're not there yet, focus on that first. And then lastly, I would say, really take a look at what in your life is teaching you. And I've talked about this before. And part of my journaling practice lately has been like, what have I learned today? And one of the things that I think is so powerful is that a lot of times when we think of visions or goal setting, for me, I have not always known what's next. I mean, I literally am in a season of my life where I do not know exactly what is next. I don't have a four-step plan. I don't have a quarterly agenda. I don't have any of those things. And so when I look at that, I have learned so much in my life, either from what I want or sometimes looking at what do I not want any longer? What is no Mm -hmm. longer serving me? And sometimes I feel like I learn more from the latter of, okay, I thought I wanted this thing and I got it and it's not what I wanted. Or you know, when my boss handed me my five-year plan and I was like, whoa, like someone is literally planning my life for me. I do not want to be in a situation where that happens. Or when I went through a pregnancy loss and had to show up and shoot a wedding, I no longer want a job that requires me to show up when I'm having a very difficult human moment. And so for me, if you are listening to this and you're like, I don't even know where I want to go. Maybe instead of like trying to get into a state where you can have all these dreams and visions and goals and all these things, maybe you can instead take a look at your life and say, this no longer works for me, or this doesn't feel like I thought it would, or this worked for a while, but it's no longer working. And maybe that can help guide your next steps. And so I just want the conversation as we close to kind of just be this reminder of like, you don't have to move or quit your job or leave the relationship, or you don't have to do any of those massive things in order to transform. You can transform little by little every day. And it's up to you and your inner knowing to start moving in a direction that doesn't look good, but a direction that feels good. And you don't have to abandon what has gotten you to this point in order to get to where you want to go. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to leverage it. Any final thoughts, Miss Brooklyn? No, I I feel like there's a lot of comfort waiting for people in that process of what almost might look like slowing down or pulling back. So I I just want to encourage anybody who feels like, man, trusting myself looks a lot less shiny than I thought it would. Yeah. Seems a lot less exciting than I thought it would. I thought I was ready to, you know, frozen two step into the unknown kind of thing. But I'm actually going to go in my cave for a little bit and like think and meditate for a while and that to me that is that is the exciting thing and we're just relearning how to feel how good it is when we when we live a life where we've trusted ourselves and I think as we get to the 
end of it, we will have no regrets because we trusted ourselves, right? Like that is, that's the ultimate goal. That's the goal I'm digging all the time is like, how do I spend my life? Because I'm going to spend it anyway, right? Yep. How do I spend it in a way that is truly me, even if that changes all the time? And I think I'll get to the end of it, however long of a life I get and be really happy I did that. And that, that is the goal. That's the goal I want everyone to be able to achieve and feel the glory of. So I think that's, this is a great, you know, first step in those process as we relearn how to go through transitions with ourselves, because that's the person we're taking, taking with us, just us. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. I love having you in my life and on my team. (sighs) And Same. on the mic. And I think in closing, I just want to remind you, a listener, as you listen to this, remember that all of the things that have gotten you to this point are going to guide you forward and trust in your ability to inch forward or leap forward in a way that only you can. And I know I speak for both of us. We can't wait to see as we move through the end of this year and start into a fresh new year, what you do. And we can't wait to come with you on the journey. So until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you so much, Brooklyn, for this episode. Thank you. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top notch. Article's online only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.